Everybody, grab your Bibles. You can go to a couple of places, Romans 13 and Ephesians 4. Those are the two places we're gonna be. We want you to have, if you don't have a Bible, there should be one under the chair in front of you. We want everyone to have a Bible in their hands. Maybe you have one on your phone, but it's important for you to be able to have the word of God in your hands as we uh, engage this morning. Looking forward to it. We are starting a brand new series called You in Five Years. You in Five Years. This is gonna take us over the next several weeks. We're gonna be exploring some big things that God wants to do in our lives and through our lives and begin to think not just in the short term, but in the long run. So I'm going to pray. Hopefully you're there. Ephesians 4 and Romans 13, those are the two places we're gonna be. I'm gonna pray for us and then we're gonna dive in. Y'all ready for this? You don't seem trustworthy to me. I, I, I need some engagement here. All right, we're gonna go, we're, we're gonna go there. I'm gonna pray for all of us. And then we're going to jump in, and I need some amen somewhere along the way. Maybe even if, there you go, even if it's so awkward, right in the middle, just give it to me, okay? All right, let's pray and ask for God's move. Father, we're here for you. This is your word we're coming to. You get to make the declarations over our lives. You get to, you get to be the one that calls forward what is right and true, and then we get to come into agreement and alignment, and in that place is the fullness of joy. So that's what we're aiming for, your glory your glorious word, and our joy. That's our hope and that's our cry. So would you do that among us, Lord, we ask in the mighty name of Jesus. Amen. So let's all be honest. We have a love-hate relationship with the new year, right? Love-hate relationship with New Year's resolutions. Now, I need everybody to be brave and bold. How many of you have ever made a New Year's resolution and you didn't make it to February? Anyone? Come on. It's everyone, okay? Um, th this is the truth. We, we, we like to make big plans in the short run, hoping that we can see some work, some transformation begin to take place. And, uh, and we often fall short. Every one of us has done that before. Every one of us has come like up to the line and then maybe 
you know, two steps forward and then it feels like maybe like six steps back. We've all done that before. And I think the issue is not so much that we want to see uh, things change. In fact, I think that's a really good thing. I think that's the part of the, the new year that's fun, right? Is that there's an idea of like, there's hope. There's something fresh, a fresh start. None of those things are bad. I think the only issue we have is that our, we're thinking too small. We tend to think too small. We, have, we put some uh, hopes out there. They're hanging on just a few maybe steps ahead. And the, the, the truth is, is we're not thinking actually big of us. There's a, a statement in leadership that goes uh, a little something like this. Most of us overestimate what we can do in the short term, but we underestimate what we can do in the long term. We often look right ahead and we think, man, if I could just do this, 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 and this, and if I can get all these things done, and I think I can do it, and what we end up doing is flaming out, and we forget that this life is a marathon, right? This life is a marathon. We have a long way to go. And so our problem is, is we go, listen, if I could just lose weight, if I could just get out of debt, or I could just, I, you know, if I could fix my marriage, if I could start this new business, and what we do is we're like two and a half podcasts into fixing all of those things, and we're like, I can't do it. I'm out. There's no way I can possibly do it. And, and we flame out and then we feel the frustration and all of a sudden we're into March and we're trudging along in our lives and all of the fresh start that we wanted and all the hopes that we had for some version of transformation are already out the door. And so we we tend, I would say in 2020, 2019, now it's 2020, we, we have this tragic uh, inability to move past the immediate as our culture moves faster and as things change quicker. This whole idea of just sticking with it for the long haul, the long haul begins to be something that's kind of outside of our idea. Meaning this, uh, what, hap what happens when you click a button, you're surfing through the web, you click a button and all of a sudden the page is not loading. And then like if it goes for more than like three seconds, what happens? You start to panic. I've seen, you know, you know what I'm talking about? Like you push the button and then something, in, you know, the, the, the wheel is going and you're like, it's been three seconds. What's, why is this not downloaded yet? And, I, and some of you are old enough to remember, of course, the beginning of the internet where you clicked, you clicked on a link, you went and made a ham sandwich and you came back and then it was loaded for you and ready to go, right? That was what it, nowadays, you can't go three seconds. If you go three seconds, now you're like, I have to restart the router and what's going on? I'm calling Google, what's wrong with you guys? I mean, we're trying to figure out what's going on. That's the kind of culture we live in. We are in an instantaneous culture. We have to have it now, and if it's not happening right away, we feel frustrated. And often, the idea of sticking with something for the long haul, through the ups and through the downs, through the mountaintops and through the valleys, is something that our culture really struggles with. And it seems like there's something greater and broader and bigger that we can begin to step into if we're willing to not have a small vision for what needs to change right in front of us, but to see a grand, big, vast picture in front of us, to, to ask the question, is there something bigger and greater than maybe just the typical New Year's resolution that stands in front of me? And that is the seed of this series that hopefully will turn into something that is beautiful, right? What if we don't underestimate what could begin to take place in the long run. 
not just, see, here's the deal. We are not, over the next several weeks, we're not just going to look at what we might could accomplish in 2020. I wanna ask the question, what is God going to do in the beyond? I want us to think all the way to the year 2025. 2025, can you even imagine that right now? I know what you're thinking. No, we can't imagine that because it's 2020 and we all thought we would have jet rockets getting around, right? Did y'all think that? Did anybody have that thought? Like a rocket pack? Is anybody just a little bit disappointed we're not rocketing around from place to place? It's 2020. This thing was supposed to happen. I never really, I mean, I always thought like if they did jet packs, I feel like it would burn your fanny, but I don't know how they could do that. You know, did y'all ever have that thought? Am I the only one? You guys like move on preacher. What flying cars? Yeah, that kind of is terrifying. Like the jet pack can do the flying cars is, we can't even do cars on the ground, but much less cars in the air. It's possible. So that's here, here's where we're headed. What could God do? Now, here's my question. How old will you be in 2025? Five years from now, I want you to just think about that. So you're like, don't, pastor, you're meddling. All right? But I want you to think about, here's the, you will be something in five years. Your life will have had five years worth of meaningfulness. What will it mean? Five years from now, where will you be? Where will you get? You may not know exactly what that is, but I think God wants us to begin to ask big picture. If we stuck with it and believed God and trusted him and put our hope and faith in him and walked with him and believed he was for us and not against us, what could happen 60 months from now? That's the question on our heart. That's what we're going to be exploring over the next several weeks. But in order to get to that place, there's two things that have to begin to happen. Two things that we have to do that are going to kind of launch the beginning of this uh, thinking this way for us. Two things. The first thing is this. Every one of us has to be willing to dream. We got to be willing to dream. Big. Big. Now, here's what I want you to do. Look at Ephesians chapter 4. Paul is going to pray this big, huge, audacious prayer for the church. It's a life-changing, life-altering prayer. And you feel it, even as you read it for the Ephesian church, you feel this, this truth, this prayer for ourselves. We feel it for the church, and we feel it for here at New River. Ephesians chapter 4, verse 14. For this reason... I bow my knees before the Father, from whom every family in heaven and on earth is named. Now here it is. That according to the riches of his glory, he may grant you to be strengthened with power through his spirit in your inner being. So let me just pause there. Here's what he's asking that according to the riches of the glory of God, which is far beyond anything we could comprehend, that what would he do? What would he do with the riches of his glory? That he would grant to us, that he would give to us, that we would be strengthened with power through his spirit in our inner being. Okay, so here's what he's asking. God, according to how 
how massive, amazing, glorious, good, incomprehensible you are. According to that, we're asking, he's asking, that the church, that's us, would be strengthened with power by the Spirit of God in our inner being. For what? For what purpose? What's the design? Why this power is needed or necessary? Verse 17. So that Christ may dwell in your hearts through faith, that you, being rooted and grounded in love, may have strength to comprehend with all the saints what is the breadth and the length and the height and the depth, and to know the love of Christ that surpasses knowledge, that you may be filled with all the fullness of God. Now, Here's what Paul is literally praying. This is crazy, an amazing prayer. I'm asking that you would give strength to your people for this purpose, that they could contain the understanding of the radical love of God. Let me say that again. What Paul is praying is that we would all be strengthened so that we could contain Hold and own the radical, unending, unyielding, radical love of God. Now, this is the prayer. In fact, if there's one prayer that you could pray over yourself for the next five years, here it is. God, give me power to comprehend how radical your love is for me. What Paul understands is this. You and I cannot contain the understanding of the radical commitment of God to us apart from the strength of the Holy Spirit. It takes a supernatural move of God to believe how loved we actually are. It actually takes a work of the Spirit of God to enlarge our capacity to believe that we are loved. And there's a reason for that. And the reason that Paul knows is this, because lovers will go through a brick wall for their, the object of their affection. You know what I'm saying? When I think about my family, if I think about who they are to me, my wife, what she means to me, what my kids, what they mean to me when I think about that, if I think about their needs or if, even if I have the thought about them being in peril. If I thought, if I truly thought that my family were in trouble, can I tell you, I'm going through a brick wall to, 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 to save them, to find them, to catch them. Why? Because that's what love does. I love the, uh, the a phrase that Mike Bickle, uh, is the leader of IHOP, says, says, lovers outwork workers every time. You and I can try to drum up and try to do a lot of things for our families, do a lot of things for God, do a lot of things for him over this next year, a lot of, a lot of things over the, even the next five years. But let me tell you, the one thing that will sustain us in the days ahead is being sitting underneath the radical weight of the love of God for us. It's what will move us. It's what will shape us. God went through, if you will, the brick wall in sending his son so that we might be with him.
And what Paul is saying is, listen, my prayer for you is that you'd be so undone with the love of God that it would begin to move you into things that you cannot comprehend. Because look at, look at what he says next. This is, this is powerful. Verse 20, now to him who is able to do far more abundantly than all we ask or think according to the power at work within us. To him be glory in the church and in Christ Jesus throughout all generations forever and ever. Amen. Here's what he's saying. I want you to have strength to be able to comprehend what is the breadth and the height and the depth and the width, the love of God. You're going to need this because you haven't even begun to fathom or imagine where God is taking you. Meaning not one person in this room is meant to have an inconsequential next half decade. You are meant to change the world. Every one of us was meant to touch people's lives, to see our own lives transformed. Every one of us is meant to be a part of something that is so far above what we think we might be able to accomplish. What Paul's saying is, I'm praying that you would have strength to be able to dream about what God wants to do in you and through you. So here's the question. Are we willing to begin to dream? What does God want to do? Not just, not just over this next week and not just over this next year, but in the next five years, that's what we're going to begin to unpack is can we begin to dream for something that is so far beyond anything that we can do, so far beyond anything that we could create from our own lives. And the point of all of it is that God is able to do far more above anything that we could ask or even imagine because he will receive radical glory when we go and when we do it, when we step out into it. This is the point and the plan from the beginning. Every one of us being set up to receive new power and strength so that we might know who we are in God because there is a mountain. No, no, no. There are 30 mountains we're gonna go take over the next five years. All kinds of things and God's, God's saying, I wanna get you ready to go for that which is beyond our comprehension. For that which is beyond our imagination, what does God want to do? And so we have to fight to dream and believe that God is moving and working. But not only do we have to fight to dream, we have to wake up. That's the second thing. There are two, if I said there's two things you got to do, one is we have to dream, but then there's an encouragement from the Lord for us to wake up, to be alert, to be aware. Romans chapter 13, I'm just going to actually read out of the message first, because I think it encapsulates the picture of this. Romans 13, verse 11, but make sure that you don't get so absorbed and exhausted in taking care of all your day-by-day obligations that you lose track of the time and doze off, oblivious to God, right? You ever felt absorbed or exhausted? Ever felt that way, right? That's probably every American for all time. 
We feel a little bit exhausted. We've got a lot of things going on. And here's the encouragement. Don't get bogged down in that day-to-day scrum of life that keeps us dulled from what God is doing. Here's what it says. The night is about over. The dawn is about to break. Be up and awake to what God is doing. Be up and awake. Be aware that God is uh, working, what he is doing. God is moving. And it's easy to read the headlines and to see all the chaos and all the horrible things that are taking place and all the frustrating things that are taking place and all the things that you would love to try to change and and fix. And it's easy. We can get into that mode of scanning around life and not see that God is actually moving, not be aware, not be awake to his move in our lives and through our lives. And so the question becomes, listen, God, where are you moving and how can I join you? Where are you moving and how can I join you? Where are you operating and how can I get into that flow? How can I get into that place? Not like, hey, here are all the ideas that I have, Lord. When I dream, I want to be awake and alert and aware to what you are doing, to seeing what you're accomplishing. These aren't my plans I'm bringing to the Lord. The dreams that come in our hearts, they come from the radical love of God. When we feel loved by God, you know what happens when you feel the radical love of God? You start to love the things that God loves. And you start to hate the things that God hates. And then you find, we find our lives lined up with him. If you want to know what you were meant to do over the next five years, what God wants to accomplish through you and in you, it starts with receiving this radical love of God and becoming awake Awake, aware of what's moving, of what he's doing, of what moves his heart, what stirs his heart. Having a God entranced vision for everything that he's doing. Scripture finishes this way. God is putting the finishing touches on the salvation work that he began when, he first, when we first believed. We can't afford to waste a minute, must not squander these precious daylight hours in frivolity and indulgence and sleeping around and dissipation and bickering and grabbing everything in sight. Get out of bed and get dressed. Don't loiter and linger waiting until the very last minute. Dress yourselves in Christ and be up and about. Man, this is the directive of the Lord is, hey, it's time to move. We got to be in motion, awake, aware. Your life matters. My life matters. Our life matters. This church matters in this city. This city matters in this union, this state. This place matters on a global scale. Be awake, be aware. Let's, Let's wake up. Let's move past the New Year's resolution and just begin to ask the Lord, God, what are you doing and how can we be a part of it? There's nothing more life-giving than, being, than knowing, first and foremost, we're radically loved by God and then, two, being used by him for his purposes. This is the, those are the only two places we'll ever find true fulfillment. We've learned that nothing else can truly satisfy. No spouse, no child, no job, no career, no income can satisfy. It comes from the radical, satisfaction comes from the radical love of God and being found moving in union with his spirit. Moving in that direction. So it's time for us to dream and just begin to ask the question, God, what are you doing? How can I be a part? 
to wake up and be aware. No more slumber. If we want to have a big five-year vision for what God wants to do, then today is actually the day where we begin to cast off the stuff that entangles us. Right? No more garbage pulling us down. No more of the secret things that are keeping us locked in misery. No more sin that's rotting us from the inside out. No more shame keeping us locked down. Right? We've all been in that place being held down. If you look in, if, if in your scripture, if you grab one of our Bibles, we have used the ESV translation, Romans 13. I just want to read this text one more time together. Besides this, you know the time that the hour has come for you to wake from sleep. For salvation is nearer to us now than when we had first believed. The night is far gone. The day is at hand. So then let us cast off the works of darkness and put on the armor of light. Let us walk properly as in the daytime, not in orgies and drunkenness, not in sexual immorality and sensuality, not in quarreling and jealousy. This is the encouragement right now is the moment for us to wake up and say, I'm not going to be held and bound by the things that the enemy would love to crush my life with. The things that would try to deter us from a big vision for what God wants to do. So far beyond our own ability and this is, of course, the record from through, throughout the entirety of humanity, through the entirety of the word of God, is that God finds people who are really not qualified to do extraordinary things for his namesake because it's the greatest joy and privilege of their lives and God gets massive glory from it. It's one of the most beautiful things. It's one of the most powerful connections when God grabs people who have no business doing great things to do great things. It moves our hearts and it gives God glory because they're looking at you going, how on earth did God use that person? How on earth was that person able to accomplish that? And everybody gets to say, um, you didn't know how glorious and good God really is, right? Every, every leader, was other, listen, every leader God used in the scripture was either morally a mess, organizationally a mess, or educationally a mess. They all were, every one of them. Not one qualified to lead. God just delights in doing it. So you find yourself sitting and you go, man, this sounds like a really great sermon, this good preacher, you're just trying to get us riled up and big things and dreams and all that sounds really great, but I've got, I've got some issues. I'm not, I, don't, I have some problems. I don't have this lined out. My life's kind of a mess here. I don't have this really good. We're just trying to figure out how to do the married thing or the kids thing or, you know, I can't figure out my work situation. And we can find a thousand things that might disqualify us from the move of God. And what God's saying is all of those things, I'm ready to move in and past and through to show my massive glory through you. Like none of, none of those things, God's not worried about any of those things. Wherever you feel like you might be falling short, there's good news. The king of the universe is ready to come. He's ready to show himself faithful through vessels that are broken. 
that don't have it all together. That's what God does. That's what he's in the business of doing. None of those things, honestly, none of the areas that you and I have fallen short mean a lick of difference in the face of a mighty God. They don't. And that's why he says, wake up and cast it off. If there's something that's holding you back, if there is something that is sitting or pressing on you, wake up, get out of bed, cast those things off, and then I love verse 14. But put on the Lord Jesus Christ and make no provision for the flesh to gratify its desires. Put on the Lord Jesus Christ. What a picture. Isn't that amazing? To put on the Lord Jesus Christ. Now, we can, even, we can understand this, right? You ever had, um, like, you uh, worked outside, busy day, hard working day, right? You worked up a lather of sweat. I don't know, that's really a horrible picture. But you know, like, right? It's like, it's really, some of you are like, got problems with that picture. But you know what I'm saying? Like, you worked really hard. I remember... Um, some of the hardest I ever worked, we would, I would hang out. We were hanging out with my aunt and uncle. They had a horse farm. I loved riding horses. And so we'd go out and we'd, and we'd spend the entire day. And we'd, we'd be out. We'd ride horses. And we'd get them. They'd do all this hard work. And then we'd have to go. And they, they would work up a lather. If you've ever done. I don't even know why I'm saying this. So my wife's going, this is a disgusting word. Stop saying that. Right? They worked up a sweat. Right? The horses worked up a sweat. And then you were sweaty. And then you had to clean off the horses. And then you, and we had to muck the stalls. So we had to get those all cleaned out. And you have to do all this work. And at the end of the day, and of course, I'm actually allergic to horses. But I love them. I love horses. But like at the end of the day, I'm exhausted, covered dirt. And my eyes are like, like right? Like puffy. And I can't see. And I'm like, what's happening? And I remember, but there's no better feeling on the planet, right? Than when you go at the end of a hard day's work, you go and you clean up and you put on fresh clothes and all of a sudden you're a brand new being, right? That picture, what, what Jesus is saying here is, hey, you can be, you can have all the filth on top of you. It says, come before the Lord Jesus, let and put him on, be totally cleaned, like, hear, hear this. If you were, or just even candidly, if you're struggling with secret sin, listen, don't live in the darkness. Come into the light. Pull that thing down and put on the clothing of the Lord. Be made whole. Be made right. How, I mean, even on a very practical level, how do you do that? Find a brother or find a sister. Get with them and say, hey, here are the things that are pulling on my life. Here are the dark places that I can't rise up. And I just want to say it out loud. I want to, if you will, live in the light. The night is far gone. The day is at hand. Let us cast off the works of darkness. What a beautiful picture. Verse 13, let us walk pro properly as in the daytime, I'm ready to cast off restraint. And I'm asking God to come and fill and clothe me, put on Jesus. It's what he wants to do in us. It's what he wants to do through us. That's who he is in our lives. That's the call. We're meant to have a huge impact. Every one of us meant to have a huge impact. And I'd say this church is meant to have a huge impact on this city. It's our call. It's, it's the truth. It's the call in every church. We're made to move mountains. 
called internally and externally. And listen, it doesn't have, have to happen overnight. We have a big vision of a big God in front of us, but the Lord is ready to move. But will we be willing to just begin to take the steps? What might the Lord author in you over the next five years? What might the Lord want to create or craft in you and through you over the next five years? In five years, we're, we're meant to be walking in things that are not even in our collective understanding or even our ability to think of. God has big dreams, but it's gonna start with day one where we begin to cast off. In five years, we believe this church will be touching the four corners of the earth. From North America to South America to Australia and Asia and everywhere in between. What could we be doing what could New River be doing in five years? What could we be touching? We're meant to touch the earth. We're meant to move principalities and darkness out. When I say church, I don't mean the, the building. This building's nothing. When I say church, I mean us, collectively together, believing big time for what God is doing. What could God be doing in you five years from now? What does God want to author through you? What does he want to write through you? What does he want to say through you? What does he want to touch through you? What does he want to overturn through you? What principalities does he want to pull down through you? How cool is it to be able to think about all the things that God wants to do over the next five years? Step one we're going to do, one of the ways that we're going to be in partnership with this is we're going to join up with about 450 other churches in this city, and we're going to begin to ask God to save Nashville. We're going to ask God to make Nashville a beacon of light, a city on a hill, set apart for him. There's a movement going on beginning at the end of January where we launch we come together with other churches who will begin to pray. It's called Awaken Nashville. We got to partner with it last year. We're going to be partnering with Awaken Nashville again. And I want to just give you a little insight into what that's going to look like because we're, in, in, in one sense, it says, Lord, we're ready to go take the, take the hill. Like, but how do we do it? What is it going to look like? And so we're going to give resources to you. They'll be available to us next week. I want you to take a look at the screen, look at this video, what we're going to be a part of. Awaken is a citywide movement of prayer and fasting focused on unifying hundreds of churches and thousands of people to strategically pray for and bless our city, one person at a time. This season of prayer and fasting will begin on Sunday, January 26th, and will conclude on Sunday, February 23rd. There are several simple ways you can prepare for and participate in this season of prayer and fasting. In order to prepare, there are a few things you need to do before the fast begins. Start by picking up a prayer packet at your local church or download one at www.awakentn.com. Next, you will need to get familiar with the resources in your prayer packet. You'll find a simple instruction guide that contains all the information you need to know about this season of prayer and fasting. You will also find a short book on prayer and fasting, a 30-day prayer guide, an interactive journal, and a fill-in-the-blank prayer card. Finally, 
follow the instructions in your packet as you choose your fast, prepare your heart, and fill out your prayer card. Once the fast begins, there are three simple things for you to do each day. First, begin each day by setting your heart on God. Use the daily prayer guide, Jesus Next Door, provided in the packet to set your heart on God each day. You will find a short scripture, a daily reflection, and prayer points for you and those around you. Second, set aside time each day to pray and fast for the people that you wrote down on your list at the beginning of the month. Finally, look for practical opportunities throughout the month to make life better for the people you are praying for each day. If you need help, you can use the Love Your Neighbor journal provided in the packet to help identify simple ways you can love and serve those around you. We believe God is going to do immeasurably more than we can ask or imagine as we pray for and bless the people around us in the name of Jesus. Thanks for joining us as we seek to love God, love people, and awaken a movement in Jesus' name. Pretty cool thing to be a part of. So here's, here's what we do. Five years from now, God's going to author untold number of things in through us. That's going to just start by praying. We're just going to come together and we're going to say, God, move. We want you to move all over the earth through this church, but we're, we're asking you to start in Nashville. And so we're going to start and we're going to pray and we're going to fast and we're going to, and we're going to ask the Lord to move together, move in this city, to see this city changed and transformed. I, I, you know what? I think the most beautiful thing in the world is when churches can come together just to pray, right? Churches can't come together over anything. We like to, to fuss about all the little things. And I love when churches are willing to put all the little stuff aside and say, Lord, we're just setting our face to you. Man, how powerful is that? I think God, we can begin to see Nashville transformed. Guys, could we have a big enough vision for Nashville to be radically transformed five years from now? For 2025, for this city to be something that the earth has never seen before. It'll just start with us praying. We don't have to do it tomorrow. It's God's job. We're just going to start praying and asking him to do it. That cool? You guys stand with me. The band's going to come up. Let's just begin to ask the Lord for this moment. We're going to take communion together. Step number one for us is just by saying, Lord, we want to remember who you are and what you've done, that our lives are about your body and your blood that was shed for us. And so we're just asking you to cover us right now. In fact, uh, if you are comfortable with it, you maybe just open your hands just in an attitude of receiving from the Lord. Lord Jesus, we just want to receive from you now your perfect, finished work on the cross that you apply to our lives. We thank you, Lord, for your body that was broken. Your body broken means that our lives are now whole. And we thank you for your blood that was shed. Your blood that was shed covers us and has made us pure and white as snow. Lord Jesus, we receive the finished work of the cross. We just ask right now that this might be the first step 
in a number of steps, Lord, that you're leading us in, not just this week, but over the next half decade, believing, Lord, you're authoring something, that even as we take the first step out of the aisle to come and receive the elements, the Lord, we're taking that step saying, God, we're, we're believing you for big things. We're willing to dream with you for all the ways that you want to use us that are beyond our comprehension. And we're ready to wake up and be cleansed and made whole, a new life, casting off the things that restrain and setting our face toward you. Lord, you give us a huge vision, a big vision for the days ahead. Lord, you're moving over the earth. It's not our plans. None of these are our plans. They're yours. It's your plan for our lives. We just want to say yes to you. We thank you for moving and for shaping us. Just show us your goodness. We pray the same prayer that Paul prayed. Father of glory, we're asking that even in this moment as we receive communion, as we take this together, that you would strengthen us with power through your spirit in our inner man. And that from that, we would be able to comprehend with all of your people what is the powerful unsearchable can't get to the end radical love of God that we would receive your love that we would begin to love the things you love and that we would hate the things that you hate and that we would find our lives in step with you for your glory and for your name on this earth. That's what you're authoring in us. That's what you're building in us. Would you do that among us? We want to worship you. We want our lives to be about you. We want to see you touching the nations through these hands. Would you come and receive the elements and take them back to your seat and then we'll worship together.